Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Modern Goddess. We are going for it with amazing women from all over the world. It's been incredible. And I have with me somebody very dear to my heart, the beautiful Donna, Donna Story. You're down in Melbourne. How's the weather down there? Uh, Port Ferry is living up to its reputation of, um, you know, four seasons in a day. It's windy, it's cool, it's coming into winter, but that's the best um, best time of year, I think, for me. Oh, yes, I love rugging up. I think we've had some beautiful weather up here in Sydney as well. But um, let me start by asking you the question, the question, and right. how, how do I love you? How do I love you properly so that you feel loved, supported, nurtured, and all that good stuff? Mm. Well, I'm a woman in my late 50s, so I'm in that midlife part of my journey. And I think now what I want from um, love is to be honoured and respected because, you know, um, like all women, I've been through a lot and, you know, we, we start off as, um, you know, children and we've got to navigate... Um, when we start to menstruate and, and our sexuality, then we come into motherhood and our all these things happen to our bodies that, you know, people think because we're women, we just know what, uh, what to do and how to be, and we don't. We're learning step by step along the way. So uh, and then we get these little beings that we've got to, you know, intuitively look after. And then um, we spend our life you know, guiding our families and our friends and our partners. And then we come to our midlife where the nest is empty and everyone's off doing their own thing and they blame you for things that they can't manage. <laughs> and you're left with this body that's a little bit um, worn and, and sort of stretched and, and expanded maybe. And then it's like, oh, what about me? What do I want? So you know it's no one can do your journey for you but you want uh, um you want love that's going to honor you for what you've been through and respect you for how you've done it so you've got that self-worth to move forward in a way that's going to be good for you wonderful yeah mm. that's so beautifully put too that we get to this point and a lot of women um get to this mid mid-range point you know and i i think 50 is mid because um, we're going to live to 100, I think, that, that you know, just with technology and the, the health benefits that we have these days. So let's assume 50 is mid-range. And mm. what's the next half going to look like? And what do women at that halfway mark want? And it's very different from what we want in our 20s, 30s, 40s and so on. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, you articulated that beautifully, Donna. And so where are you at? Were you, you know, what's been your story with relationships and with, with um, you know, men and where they're at and what, what have you got to say about all that these days? Oh. <laughs> well, you know, I met my first husband when I was only 16, so I didn't have a lot of experience before I was married. And then I was married for 21 years before we got divorced. Um, and we're still good friends because I honour his role in my life and as the father of my children and, and I hope he does the same for me. Um, and uh, then I had a, a long-term relationship which took me through, you know, as I went into my 40s, that taught me a lot about myself. And now in my 50s, I'm sort of really enjoying my freedom and, um, and steering my own boat, but I have a lover and um, 
uh, a friend who I enjoy my life with and, and that's, that's a wonderful time as well. It's, it's totally different to anything I've ever done before and um, yeah, it just allows me to be me and have my freedom but I still have all those beautiful things you can enjoy from a, a warm, intimate, uh, respectful relationship. So sexy, respect. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the one thing, you know, just because we're in our 50s, it doesn't mean, you know, we're dead inside. We're still sexual beings. You know, we've got plenty of life force left and, and vitality and we've got our, you know, desires and dreams and um, it's nice to be able to fulfil that part of ourselves. Absolutely. Why do we as young people... Um, think that older people don't have that aspect anymore. I mean, when do they think it, the light goes out? <laughs> I don't know. Well, think back to, you know, when we lived in a tribal situation, you shared accommodation. So you would hear things going on and be aware. But now we're very isolated. I mean, kids have their own bedrooms and bathrooms and they've got the headphones on and they're in front of their computers or television. So they're not exposed to that sort of thing. So I guess they grow up with that idea that it just doesn't happen. <laughs> I know I did. I, um, my mum had four girls and I used to think she had sex four times. <laughs> and of course, you know, back in my day, it wasn't a thing you discussed. No. Um, but I think now, uh, I think liberal conversations in families are a little bit more liberal and people are understanding the value of talking about life with their children, hopefully. And yeah, but it's, it's just one of those things I think we've all got to work through. <laughs> Yeah, it's just an odd thing that happens to all of us, isn't it, that we just assume yeah. the parents are not doing it. And That's um, it. we certainly don't ever want to walk in. And that if we ever walked <laughs> in on them, that was always horrifying. And, uh, yeah, it was just something that was always quite hidden, which I think for me made me even more curious about it because my parents yeah. never discussed anything with me um, uh, period pads used to just be put on my bed with no discussion. Oh. And I was a yeah. dancer. I was dancing six days a week in leotard. So there was no way I would be able to use pads. I really needed no. to sort myself out. So I used to <laughs> um, scurry around collecting coins from my dad's um, uh, car console or his briefcase. I used to collect the coins by my own tampon so that I could dance six days a week. I mean, that's how non-discussy we were about those <laughs> sort of things, which just fueled a lifelong mm. love and curiosity for sex and talking about sex. And I know all my friends are often either love it or they hate it, but I will mm. get onto sex at, at any stage I can. <laughs> I use it in my humour. I love to talk about it. I love hearing everybody's stories. I just can't get enough of um, learning more and more about it. I read about it. I follow people who are experts in it. I just think it's the greatest subject on it. Yeah. Well, you know, when you think about the three most powerful, probably, or some of the most powerful emotions we experience, like blame, shame and guilt, are often centred around sexuality and our the experiences we have. And those are used against us to control us sexually. Um, especially, you know, children who uh, suffer abuse and, and young women. And um, so it's very hard to break out of that and make it something that 
uh, is okay to talk about and and also be okay with your own experiences because like everything else in life that's how we learn so even if we have negative sexual experiences it can teach us something about ourselves and help us to become more empowered rather than victimized by whatever can happen so but yeah to, to be able to talk about it and not feel the shame and the blame and the guilt is important yeah. oh totally and donna this is part of the reason I even created the Modern Goddess podcast show mm. is because mm. I wanted to um, talk now at this phase in our history because we've just come through a major shift, a major change in female mm. empowerment. And one of those things is we now know that men can't touch us at work or shouldn't touch us or you know, all the behaviour that's gone on over the last 20, 30 years of my career, let alone everybody else's career. And when Me Too happened, it was like, wow. And I spent every time that Epstein, that, that case came up on television, every time I watched a documentary on it, I cried and I couldn't understand why I kept crying when really I never associated all the things that had happened to me in my life as sexual mm. assault, I didn't know. I didn't mm. label it that. I had just moved on, stuffed it down in my psyche and just got on with it. Um, but then yeah. uh, it, this brought it all back up for me and now I can label it as, oh, my God, every mm. job I've ever had, I got sexually assaulted in one way or one form mm. or another and it was just extraordinary. So it, uh, now that I'm through that part of it, I just wanted to reach out to women and find out where are we at now? What do we want? What's appropriate? You know, what's going on for us? And also I wanted to explore what's going on for men and how are they going to be now after all this has sort of um, transpired and now it's all out in the open. So um, Donna, from your point of view as a therapist and as a teacher, as a coach, as a wise woman in our society and in our tribe of spiritual women, mm. what can you offer us? What could you say to us to help us heal so that we can step up into a true empowered state? I think the best thing we can do for ourselves and our men is to um, really deal with our self-worth issues, really love ourselves and learn to connect through our heart because quite often when we're manipulated and controlled in those situations, um, you know, we're, we're told things that we take on and believe. And so those thoughts and beliefs then dictate how we react and what we do with the experience. So if we can value ourselves enough to question things that are happening to us or that we're experiencing and go, is this right for me? Is this honouring me? Is this respecting me? Is this loving me? Then if the answer is your heart says no, you know, the mind might be going, oh, but, you know, this is your job or this is your role or this is what you have to do or this is all you're good for. Well, yeah. But the heart will be your true guide and say, no, this isn't, this isn't right. Then you have to care enough about yourself to do something about it, to change it, to step out of it. And that's where it all comes from, this self-love, self-respect, self-worth. So, and I think that underpins a lot of, a lot of suffering and a lot of um, negative 
or negativity we experience, that lack of self-love. So that's the first thing I would address in all those sorts of situations. Yeah, there's a massive shift now to this self-love stuff. And, mm. um, you know, it really is a, um, a topic that I think can take number one position in a mm. woman's wellness and yeah. he overall health is mm. what's happened to us that we don't put ourselves number one and we don't put our own mask on first. What is that about? Mm, I think it's that patriarchal control that came across the planet, you know, a long time ago when women, instead of being honoured as the priestess, were starting to be treated like prostitutes and they were, their power was taken away from them. So through the ages, you know, all that conditioning and indoctrination and that persecution that women have suffered has become part of our psyche. So we've we've accepted it and we have allowed it but now as we're awakening we're realizing hang on a minute you know we're we're amazing beings creative beings you know and we are we are the mothers you know we are we are the creators here and we need to be honored as such so you know i think the tide's turning and the matriarchal the divine feminine is sort of stepping back in now and going enough's enough you know um and as our planet you know uh, as she ascends and and starts to come into her power so will we and are we thinking generational here or do you think it can be from gen x onwards or baby boomers onwards i mean do baby boomers have any hope in unpinning that upbringing of course they do because you know when you think back to the 60s uh 50s or the 60s when we were we were young we were part of that movement towards you know sexual freedom and peace and equality and that sort of got undermined a little bit with drugs yes, absolutely. <laughs> the drug culture which i think was intentional by the way i absolutely agree it was intentional yeah, but that's still within us. And, uh, you know, we're the arrowheads now. The, you know, the women, um, they're in their 50s, 60s. We're, we're the arrowheads. We still have that opportunity to, to create change within ourselves and then in our life. And as we do that, we create a slipstream for all the others coming before us. So, you know, hopefully my daughters will have it easier than what I've had it. And then their daughters will have it even easier again. Perhaps by the time they're born, you know, that, that would have changed and there won't be any fight to to regain your power. They'll just be born into their power. So, wow. yeah. So that, mm. that's the goal, to be born into your power and for it never to be torn down mm. in any way throughout the experience. Yeah, and I think if women can appreciate their role as the arrowhead for their own children, I know that often motivated me when things were hard or going to be difficult or um, I sort of didn't, I didn't really believe in myself. I looked at my children and I thought, I want to do it for them because if I can do it, then I can teach them they can do it. I can role model that to them. And that, that's what probably inspired me the most through my journey. So sometimes if we can't find it for ourselves, just by looking at our children, that helps us remember our role and, and how important we are and can give us that courage to, to keep moving forward. Yeah, I think I was lucky in a way that I, um, 
was born into one of four girls. Mm -hmm. We never had any contrast to the other, the other side of the coin. And mm. so my mum brought us up as these very strong-willed, outspoken um, women. And, and even though she would not be perceived as that herself because she wanted to be a mother and a housewife um, and just wanted that for herself, but she brought up four girls that wanted the exact opposite. So how did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, don't I, I guess you chose her to be your mum as a role model of what you didn't want to be to help you to help you go the opposite way you know it's 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 interesting when you look at our parents as someone we have chosen and and made a sole agreement with that they will birth us here and and be our carers and nurturers and guides whether they do it well or not and uh, we know that they're going to also be our most powerful teachers for our early life. So <laughs> yeah. you can thank her for teaching you how not to be. <laughs> well, the one thing I didn't want is to do laundry. I used to see her, obviously, with four kids. Um, there was a lot of laundry, and I just remember her being in the laundry all the time. And I mm. remember making that decision as a little kid going, I am never going to do that. And I never do laundry if I can avoid it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I saw my mum as a really intelligent, capable woman who denied herself a lot of opportunities to evolve through her belief that she needed to sacrifice for her family. And um, so I sort of decided that, well, I... I still wanted to be a mum and a good mum and do my best for my children and, and my husband, but I also wanted something for me. You know, I wanted to be true to myself and develop my skills and abilities. So um, I guess she motivated me in that way because I, did, I wanted to never stop and look at my life and go, well, I, I wasted that opportunity or I wish this or I wish that. I didn't want any regrets, you know. And even though I've made a lot of mistakes, I can honestly look back and I thought, well, I gave that a good crack, so what more could I have done? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I look at my mum and she just wanted us to be unreal and she used to make sure we were out there with two or three jobs going for it. She really taught us how to just go for it. And I think from what I get from her is, feel the fear and do it anyway. She was always pushing us back out of the nest, ready to go to the next job and the next promotion and the next thing. And she yeah. just was our biggest cheerleaders. And, and the reason I didn't want to have children was because I think she, in my psyche, she set the bar too high for motherhood. And I mm. knew I would never reach the heights that she did mm. as a dedicated mother. And so I just never wanted to do it because I, I just mm. couldn't do it like she did it. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of women um, struggle with, well, I know I used to, wanting to be a good mum. And what, what does that mean? And um, I, I used to think I had to be perfect. And I remember the first spiritual teacher I had, she said to me, Donna, if you were perfect, you would automatically give your kids lots of issues because they could never live up to you. So it taught me to just relax a little bit and know that what I was doing was enough. And even through my mistakes, not that they're really mistakes, but uh, my, you know, I would be teaching my children how to deal with life and 
and how to uh, manage their own issues, I suppose. So, yeah, we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the, the 50s produced that stereotypical woman mm. in a makeup hair done with an apron on. And I think yeah. that's sort of what they lived up to. Uh, or yeah. to live up to. And you can see that in the magazines and the bloody books when you read them, what to do when your husband gets home. I mean, that list just oh. makes me want to puke. <laughs> 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 but that was the uh, standard in those days. That's kind of what the men bought into as well. And I yeah. loved unconvention. I loved when I'd go in and see a woman working. And when my mum started to work after the... the um, the recession we had to have, we lost our home, our dad's business and everything just was gone. Um, my mum stood stood up as the leader of the family and wow. I got to see the other half of what she was capable of and, geez, she was capable of it all. And she mm. went out there and she did what it took to keep the family together, fed and moving forward like nothing had happened. She was amazing. Mm. And so yeah. I'll never forget that in 1986 because I was doing my HSC when we lost our house mm. and we had to go mm. across the road somewhere. And, yeah, so, mm. yeah, it was great to see her really step up as a leader. And so I got the nurturing side of her and I got the leader side of her. And yeah, so, and how yeah, often do women do that? All the time. All the mm. time. Women... Failure is not an option for women. Women will feed their children one way or another. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's why women make such great leaders because they lead through a position of care and and love and wanting the best for everybody. It You know, it's not about power or ego. So, um, yeah, I'd love to see more women in, in those leadership positions and not stepping into their masculine energy as they do it, but stay in their femininity and their softness and their love. Like I would love to see a politician wearing a beautiful chiffon, you know, flowing yeah. flowing yeah. gown or poncho or something Imagine instead of business suits. Oh. Imagine if yeah. started wearing tiaras. That would be fabulous. Don't they ever want to wear something pretty and, and, and beautiful and soft and feminine? I just don't understand it. I would yeah, love to get in there and be the first. <laughs> oh, yes, totally. Well, you're the leader in my world, so I look up to you. Oh, thank and you. I, I love your uh, gowns and your, your, the way you present yourself to the world is very feminine. And we're yeah. seeing it. We, we will, I think in the 80s and the 90s, I remember I bought into all that crap as well where I thought I had to work hard. And I burnt myself mm. out twice before I was 25 by being mm. in masculine energy. And yep. um, I learned very quickly that that was obviously not the way to go. And I had to learn um, how to balance my masculine and my feminine. Otherwise, I wasn't mm. going to survive. I literally would have died mm. of a heart attack at 40. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I did. I stepped into my feminine and found that my, my feminine had a lot of power too. And yeah. um, I didn't realise. And now I've spent the next 20, 30 years exploring the balancing of the masculine and the feminine. And anyway, that's kind of what attracts me to you because you're out there helping people. What's the name of your book? The name of my book is The Soul of Myself. So in that book, um, 
I want people to understand more about who they are beyond just what they see in the mirror because we're always judging ourselves as a physical being and there's so much more to us, you know, like we're an eternal energy that goes on and on and just keeps evolving and growing. So, you know, there's times I challenge myself with, well, if, I find, if I'm all of this, how do I deny myself? How do I, why would I hold myself back from things, you know, and... It's just a way of empowering um, myself and, and women and, and anybody really uh, by having that understanding of who they are. Yeah, your book was a lovely read, a really, really beautiful, deep spiritual book, but done in such a simple, elegant way so that it doesn't get confusing, especially people who haven't been in the spiritual world for very long and don't, don't know the lingo. Um, mm. Your book really just says it in a very matter-of-fact kind of way and mm -hmm. I found it a real joy and I wish I had read this type of book 20 years ago because at 25 I had my spiritual awakening and it's, you know, uh, it's just changed my life ever since. So imagine getting that your book at 25 and how mm. you just live your life it, under these principles and your book's mm. broken up into a variety what what is it it's like it's got all the 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 myth well, yeah that we live under these illusions that's illusions. all they are they're just illusions and so you know a lot and those illusions are very limiting to who we are and how we are so i talk about those illusions and then i also then i talk about the truth the truth of who we are and um and when, when you embrace those, it, it does, it gives you that power and that acknowledgement of yourself and, and I suppose opens up your potential to be more and do more. And, and I think that's why we're here, to live our life and, and explore and have a go at whatever we feel drawn to. So hopefully this book will help empower people to do that. So when you say be more, we're meant to be more of we're meant to be more authentic to ourselves so it's not about fulfilling societal expectations or those of our family or friends um, it's about what do I want for me what fulfills me what brings me joy what makes me feel alive what helps me enjoy life and that's all um, an indication of our, our soul and, and its purpose here and and who we are um, as a spiritual being like I've always known as a child I've always wanted to be a teacher I thought it was a school teacher and I, I actually did that for a few years but then when I found out th about this other side to life the spiritual side I thought no that's the sort of teaching I want to do because that's where I can help create real change for people so um i forgot the question now <laughs> no, you're answering it absolutely that you know what it is to be more um yeah and if you just said it's it's just to be more authentic and how closer to your authentic self can you get that's the that's the journey and then yeah. um how much joy can you put into your life and that sort of is the richter scale as to how close you got yeah, well, I think if you if you follow your heart and your intuition and you do what you love, 
and do what brings you joy, you will naturally do it well. It will never be an effort or feel like work, even if you're getting paid for it. You know, the payment will just be a bonus. Um, so, and I think that's why so many people are unhappy because they're not doing the work they love. They're doing, they've chosen that work because they feel like they've got no other choice or because it's, it's uh, financially secure or it's, it's illogical, it's been presented to them as a logical thing to do, the right thing to do. Um, it's what my parents wanted me to do or it's what my wife expects of me or my husband. Um, so they've withdrawn all of themselves out of their choices and they're letting everything and everyone else decide for them what to do. So they end up doing something they hate that just diminishes their energy and their soul, drains them of all their passion and, and life force and leaves them, you know, they get in their 40s and 50s and they start getting cancer and getting sick and suffering chronic fatigue. I mean, it happens to people even earlier now. And they look back in their life and go, oh, you know, I always wanted to do such and such, but I ended up doing this. And so once again, um, if you stay tuned to your truth and, and what aligns with what brings you joy and happiness and fulfillment, you can't go wrong. Even if you're not getting paid and you, you, you haven't got much money, you're still going to be happy. So yeah, we, we, we follow, we worship the wrong gods. You know, we should be worshiping ourselves, not, not money, not power. Yeah. So is the, um, the point of uh, Gaia and her evolution as earth are we all meant to be just out in the forest dancing around doing what we whatever we want to do is that the goal is for everyone just to be running around doing whatever they want or is there always going to be a certain level of people running the machines of this world well I think everything, the whole universe is set up as a free will universe. So we have choices in what we do. And on this planet, uh, especially, um, we've come in and we've got that free will. But unless we're aware of what's really going on, we, we may allow things that in the long term aren't good for us. And I think that's what's happened and that's what's being highlighted now. For too long, we've allowed... Um, governments or banks or you know the elite to control us to a point now we're just working 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 to pay for them to have the life they choose and and we're just getting the life force sucked out of us so um you know earth is a learning planet it was set up for this and it's for our evolution and and every race every planet in the universe goes through an evolution and this is just what we're going through and you know, we'll evolve into a new way of being and that in itself will be, will present us with opportunities to keep growing and learning. Uh, it's just how you want to view it, I suppose, or judge the situation. And this is a tough place to come. You know, it's, it's no joke when we, when we incarnate onto this planet and, and have a life here. Like we know we're in for a, a difficult ride, but um, our souls are at a level where they're ready for that challenge. That's the next step up. So if we're here, we're ready for it. We're capable of it. We can do it. And so if we are in joy most of the time, because obviously 100% joy, I still have to do my bookkeeping or whatever. <laughs> um, so 
is is um is the objective to um master the density here i mean what, what are we building what kind of muscle um I think the objective is to to be able to find joy, to, to live through our hearts and overcome whatever's blocking us from doing that. Because from those challenges, you know, we're, we're gaining strength, we're learning more about ourselves, we're getting more confident and competent. And, you know, as each individual does it, the whole human race will then uplift. And then these things that have had influence and power over us won't be able to do that anymore. So as much as, you know, they've created a lot of havoc and disease and death and trauma and problems here, they've really helped us um, in, in yeah, finding our, our power and our truth. So they're really teaching us a lot, but we've just been a bit slow to learn. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, time is just a relative thing. And in the eyes of, uh, of spirit, you know, time is just a blink. It doesn't even exist. You know, we're the ones who measure time and, and have clocks and watches and, and timetables and schedules and things. But in other realms, time doesn't even exist. So, um, we're just doing it how we're doing it. Yeah, and so how long before we see some significant shifts in our current society and our current major systems like education mm. system, health system, um, banking system? They're the sort of three main ones. Have I missed mm. anything important? <laughs> Government system? No, I don't. Well, I, th I think everything at the moment is actually accelerating and you're starting to see this this um, separation of, I suppose, realities. You've got people on one hand that are like at the moment with this coronavirus, um, scandemic I call it, but you've got people in fear and, and petrified and worried and doing what they're told and wearing masks even though, you know, they're saying now, well, they're not really helpful and they're not going to be a benefit for you, but people are still wearing them. And then you've got the other people that are going, hang on a minute, this isn't right. and Da, da 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 and I know myself on Facebook I've seen a lot of um, debate and argument between people and and abuse even um, over this and this is just one area and now you've got uh, then you've got the area of vaccinations and it's all just going to start that dominoing um, of one thing after another and it's going to bring everything to a head where people are forced to take a stance on on that issue and i think that's going to determine where they're going to go in terms of their reality and their life and their experience and it's it's all happening now it's happening now um we came here because we knew this was going to be going on on the planet during this incarnation we all have a role to play and um it's going to be unfolding for quite a while you know of course we we get impatient we want it done now but like i said before time is nothing so it will just happen as it's meant to happen and how we can cope with that um because it's going to rock everything about us and and how we live and what we believe and see our world so as humans we need that time to adjust so it's got to be a little bit slow uh, to help those who are having trouble grasping the potential of of what's what could be happening and um, 
and everyone needs to find their truth in it, you know, and there's not the one truth. So it's, yeah, who knows? <laughs> it is. <laughs> I just wanted it to be in my lifetime. <laughs> uh, and, and you know what, I'm really happy to actually be seeing what I'm seeing and watching yeah. the evolution. I can really see the changes. I can... Sh I can see the shift one person at a time happening. Mm. I can see mm. the, the veils coming down, the curtain is parting and part, and more and more people are seeing through and it's just great. And I just hope yeah. in my next 50 years, can you yeah. imagine what we're going to see? Um, uh. I am so excited. Yeah. Well, the thing is too, you know, I've, I've had that same thought. I want it to happen in my lifetime, you know, but yeah. then hang on, I'm an eternal being. Yeah. So even yeah. once this body is gone, I'm still going to be witnessing. I'm still going to be a part of it if I choose to be. Yeah. So there's no limit to me. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in for the long haul one way or another and um, I'm looking forward to seeing it all unfold beautifully and and yes, to see yes, us rise yes. up into that that beautiful life that we want to have of peace and love and freedom of freedom of expression you know being true to ourselves and yeah li living a great life yeah like my number one value is freedom so whenever mm. anyone uses that word freedom and you know if if you had joy in your life, then you must have freedom. If you mm. have choices in your life, then you must have freedom. Um, whereas a lot of people have no joy and no choices. So they obviously mm. don't have any freedom. They are a slave to something. Whereas yep. um, what we've seen with businesses, small businesses popping up over the last 20 years, it's become a mega trend for particularly women getting into business for themselves. And I reckon the driver is freedom. They really mm. are chasing freedom, more choice to do what you want that gives you joy, not mm. putting somebody else's dream, not playing a mm. part in somebody else's goals, not making money for some other thing that you don't even know it, what it's for. It's amazing what we've done in the last 20 years. Can you imagine the next 20 mm. years and what we're going oh, to achieve? It's just going to be off the Richter scale, brilliant, but yep. we're heading in the right direction. And your yeah. business, Donna, let's just talk about your business and what your contribution is and is going to be. Let's yeah. talk about that. I know you've got the book, but what do you really do? What do you offer? Well, I don't see there's the one way of how to do things. So it's about assisting people to find their way. And what I'm really focusing on is women uh, like myself who have been through life, get to their middle age and, okay, it's what about me? How do I, I've, I've sacrificed, I've done all this, um, but what about me now? What do I want? And and quite often they're sort of left drifting in that sea of uh, midlife crisis and, and not sure what to do. So I want to be a guide to those women to help them heal their past so it's not limiting them or holding them back anymore. And then have uh, help them find the courage and the self-worth and love and uh, positivity to pursue their dreams because as i said earlier they're still they're still healthy they're still sexual they're still intelligent they're still capable so what do you want to do with the with what's left of your life before you get to be the crone to be the old woman 
who sits and guides and advises. You know, you're still living your life. You you you've stepped into your your royalty. You're a queen now. You know, um, but you've still got a role to play. So how do you want to do that? So that's that's what I want to do. Help women because quite often they feel stuck and limited and they don't know how and they're still being controlled by those old beliefs and conditions and I want to help them break free so they can yeah go out and live their life how they want. So I'm visualizing here a three-part process is clear cleaning up the past, <clears throat> mm -hmm. looking at their past and cleaning that up so that's a therapeutic process I'm assuming. Yep. Yep, and then looking at their present state, like what is ecologically appropriate and where are you at and, you know, what, what have we got to work with in terms of resources. Yes. And then the yeah. third part is then projecting out and creating the future. So yeah. Um, yeah. really starting to work on that. But you can't work on great futures unless you clear up the past. Otherwise, you bring mm. that old dirty baggage and your old dirty undies into your future with you. Get rid of all that. That all has to be severed. And so Donna and I work in a world where therapeutic workings need to occur. Otherwise, you're bringing your dirty crap into your future, and that's why you just simply create the old stuff. So yeah. um, what I'd like to argue with you, Donna, is why, since we're co-creators of the universe and we need <laughs> to be creative beings, why are people so uncreative? Oh. Well, I think, well, they've never been, I mean, look at our education system. It doesn't encourage children to be creative. They're put into a mould. They're all expected to behave the same. They're expected to be able to learn in the same way. And if they can't learn that way, then they're a failure or they're too smart. Um, it just, I think, as a teacher, I witnessed it myself. And that's why I wanted to get out of the education system because I felt like I was letting children down and I didn't have the facilities and the freedom in my work to um, to cater for all those children and their different learning needs and capacities. And so I think that's where it starts um, in how we're educated. So we're not valued for our individuality. We're only valued if we conform. So that's where things need to change in how we're educated and taught and, and, and encouraged to be who we are and to, to follow what interests us. You know, um, we're only limited by the subjects that they deem are appropriate for us to learn when we're at school. Um, and I know so many things as a, a child and a teenager, I couldn't apply myself to because I didn't see the point. You know, and yeah, and I witnessed that with um, my my son especially too. He had the same problem. I mean, he's an amazing, creative, successful person now, but he hated school, and I don't think it did anything for him really, other than give him a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> and I've seen that with my other two daughters as well. But um, so I think that's where things need to change. Parents need to take more responsibility. Oh, I mean, it comes from the parents down. So the adults have to break free and see their value. So then they'll change the systems and how things are done for the sake of their children. And, we're and that's why, a bit of light, a little bit yeah, of light. rather than work with children, I, I want to work with adults. Yeah, mm. look, 
let's have a think about it for a second. What is a creative project that's going to keep you evolving very quickly, very focused? And that's business. I think business is creating. Mm. We start mm. to realise that that's our sandpit as adults mm -hmm. to start mm. to build creative thought processes, critical thinking, problem solving. Where else are you going to get a better workout but in a business <laughs> type setting? So business, yeah. if you want to learn how to be creative as an adult, start a little cottage industry, start to yeah. build your muscle and see what you can co-create with the universe and you'll get all the creativity juices flowing um, but in a very constructive, practical it's applied learning, you're doing it in the moment, you learn what you need, whatever the next step is, and yeah. it's great. It's just mm. the greatest adult sandpit in the history of the world. <laughs> it is. I have to agree, yes. I've been, other than working for the education department and I also taught through TAFE for about five years, um, being self-employed has been the most challenging and the most rewarding experiences I've had and still still having you know still keeping up with you know the new ways of marketing yourself social media now it's more getting into this type of online work and videos and learning about all of that it just keeps you never get to sit back on your laurels and just never. relax no so technology is moving so fast and our new gifts and our new tools our new hmm. hammers are changing and evolving minute to minutes because we live in such a fast-paced universe right now. Mm. It's incredibly fast. So, yeah, if mm. you're keeping up to date, which you are, Donna, um, mm. then congratulations to you. You're obviously using way more of your brain than the average mm. person in some sort of <laughs> J-O-B, perhaps, that <laughs> yeah. hasn't got all that to deal with. Well, I think, and I think that the, the important thing is too it's not a it's not a a single journey it's not alone it's not a solitary journey um you still need your community you still need uh, other people like yourself with those business skills or that that knowledge of how to create a plan and follow it through and take yourself to the next level um, so it's important to be able to not just feel like you've got to do it all yourself but allow yourself to be guided and helped and mentored like Although I'm a mentor for a lot of um, women, I have a mentor and we all need that shining light to, to help keep us on our path and, and sometimes you just need someone to encourage you and, and give you a hug, you know, um, rather than the business plan. So there's a lot of us have all those, uh, are in those different roles that are um, have that purpose to, as a collective, we can all move forward. Um, and encourage and and work together and and share the success, share the wealth, you know, amongst us as we as we grow. Totally, and you can see that rep, you know reflected in things like Facebook groups. Um, people mm. are banding together with like-minded people to love and yeah. support them. Um, yeah. And then in real life networking, we band together mm. with like-minded people, mm. and we learn there. And so mm. it just, it, it's a wonderful world we live in. It is an incredible yes. world we live in. And it's all yeah. there for us. It's just, you know, having the creativity to think beyond our current thoughts. And yeah. if you need to grab onto somebody like Donna and let her pull you to shore, um, yeah. that's what we're here, here to do. We're here to help. 
Um, yeah. And we're here to, as we rise up, we're bringing people up with us. And yeah. we're all just one step ahead of the next person and the next person and the next mm -hmm. person. And when we've pulled you up to a certain level, you start pulling people up yourself. So get amongst yeah. it and really live life like it's the last mm -hmm. day on earth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I know there's going to be people listening to this going, but I'm not creative. Yeah. And that's... And I mean, just by being a human being, you are creative, you have imagination and you have thought. So it just depends how you're um, describing or interpreting creativity. But even in, even in a really head focused job, like say accounting, you can be creative with problem solving and strategizing and, and seeing ways that people can do things or manage things. So creativity comes in all forms and it's just important to be able to tap into our own and trust that innate wisdom and guidance that we all have. Yeah, totally. Um, when, I, when I'm out there um, speaking, I always go, hands up, who's creative? And half mm. the room put their hands up. Mm. And you're right, half the people have been deemed the creative child and the other half were not deemed the creative child. So they grow up thinking that they're not creative. And yet, as Donna yeah. said, everyone is creative. That's a given. It's not, yeah. creativity is not the arts. Mm. That is a reflection of creativity and co-creation. But mm. business is creative. Accounting's creative. Cooking mm. is creative. Gardening is creative. How you clean the pool can be creative. How you communicate mm. is creative. I mean, it is all mm. creativity in motion. Stand mm. yourself creative and get on with it. If you have a limiting belief that you're not creative, naturally you're giving yourself mm. instruction not to be creative. So don't do yeah. that. Tear that bullshit off. Say you're creative. Stand in your power around re re being creative and watch what your mind and your higher self does with that new freedom. Yeah, if you can't embrace your creativity, you may as well have your brain removed may as well. um, and just become a sheeple. You know, do as you're told, be controlled, um, do what everyone tells you and don't even worry about uh, achieving or attaining or creating anything for yourself, you know, just um, be, be a tool and... Um, it's, and be happy being a tool, I suppose. Just embrace being a tool and that's the end of it for you. I remember what used to infuriate me more than anything as a, as a young creative person um, is people used to say to me in my J-O-Bs every single time, I don't pay you to think. Yeah. And yeah. the minute somebody used to say that to me was the day I was looking at the jobs. Mm. That was my my um, signal to start to look for a new role because now I am paid to think. Yeah, amazing. It is amazing. So, Donna, how do we love you as a businesswoman? Is that any different? How do you feel loved, supported and nurtured as a businesswoman? Let's end on that. Yeah, I think it just comes back to what I was saying before. It's about being involved. Like for me, it's about, it's about being involved with other women, learning from them, sharing what I have with them. And when you, when you allow yourself to receive and when you allow yourself to give, you're, you're loving yourself 
and and you're letting people love you. Um, any type of receiving is a form of love, as long as it's uplifting you and, and doing something positive for you. So put yourself in those situations, get involved with those sort of groups, um, enroll in some sort of course or, or uh, um, program or anything that's gonna guide you and, and motivate you and teach you more. And that's how you're going to be allowing yourself to be loved in a way that's, that's um, yeah, positive for you. What's an easy next step if people want to reach out to you? Do you have some sort of way you like to work with people initially, just at that first mm. well, I, well, I offer a free soul discovery session where through my website, thesoulofmyself.com.au, People can book this free session with me. We can have a talk about where they're, where they're at, what they're wanting, um, what sort of help or guidance do they feel they need. And I can put together a plan with them. There's, like I said before, there's no how to. I can't tell them how to do it, but I can guide them so they can find their own way forward. And, but it's, it's about taking that step and going, no, I'm worth it. I'm going to put aside the time. I'm going to, and I don't call it payment. I'm going to devote this money towards myself. And, and that, that's what will start the whole process for you. Absolutely fantastic. And I look forward to uh, coming back to Port Ferry. I love, love, love your neighbourhood. And I look forward mm -hmm. to welcoming you back up into my neighbourhood when we get yeah. this um, lockdown situation and it's coming, yeah. we're getting, getting things yeah. opened again, which is going to be great. Everyone will come out of this, hopefully the butterfly that they deserve and <laughs> that they flitter their energies towards you, Donna, because you have been one of my greatest teachers and I love you to death and you are such a heart-centred, beautiful person and a lovely, gentle, gentle teacher. Oh, thanks, Katrina. <laughs> and likewise, you know, you've been a, a great motivation for me as well and and given me the help when I needed it. So it's a mutual thing, isn't it? It totally is. Lifelong friends, having yep. lots of fun together. And, mm. uh, yeah, thank you for joining us at the Modern Goddess podcast show. It's been fabulous hearing your point of view. Good luck with your lover. Sounds so <laughs> cool to say I've got a lover. I know. <laughs> Um, and you absolutely deserve the best love in all the world. See you soon, darling. Thanks, Katrina. Much love. Much love. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.